Wellness with More podcast is a podcast that discusses all mental health issues and wellness issues. We get different guests from around the world that share their amazing stories and journeys through difficult and uh, challenging times. Welcome back to another episode with Wellness with Mo. Hi, my name is Mo, and this week's episode, we have an expert in nav- navigating uh, uncertainties of life. With us is Laura Du. I hope I, hope I pronounced uh, your name right, Laura. Uh, and uh, I'm, yeah, I'm so excited to uh, really understand what you do. So um, it's an honor for, for, for me to, ha- to have you with us. I mean, yeah, I, I, I love amazing guests uh, that come here. They're so amazing. Their stories are amazing. And I want to know your story, Laura. What, what made you who you are? Okay, well, first of all, thank you for having me, Mo. I'm very privileged to be here and to, to be with your, your audience and your listeners. Um, so what makes me me? Uh, um, and why navigating uncertainty is my speciality, as it were. Um, so let me take you back to, to recent history, I guess. Yeah. So... As the story goes, you know, I have to remember how many years ago it is now, but it, it will be nine years in in July. Yeah. My life spectacularly imploded. Mm. And within the space of about six to eight weeks, I literally lost everything. Uh, my husband died. I then lost my health and then I lost my career. And... That, so, that, that, that is one 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 tough tough journey really to have all of them uh yeah and it all happened very very quickly yeah, that yeah. that was the challenge yeah and you know from diagnosis my husband had pancreatic cancer from diagnosis to dying it was 11 months and at the time i held a senior leadership role within the company that i was working in and you know I as we do in life we go yeah I can deal with this you know uh, just ask to, to do this of course I can you know I've, I've dealt with worse yeah. in my life because I have back many many moons previously but I think you don't realize how much literal uncertainty you go through and I certainly didn't so unsurprisingly my health impacted went back to work and then ultimately that you know fell apart then and by the end of 2015 I had major surgery to sort out my ill health and literally Christmas 2015 it took my the sharpness of my then four-year-old nephew to pointedly say to his auntie Auntie Lollipops, which is what they call me. Okay. Now that Uncle Chris is dead, yeah. you have nothing. <laughs> I'm thinking, thank you. Thank Here you go. I feel so, you know, <laughs> you've, just, you've just summed it up. But he did say to me, yeah. but it's okay. I will look after you for 100 days. Okay. So, but as you can imagine, I was 42 at that time. Um, and I had, you know, he wasn't wrong. I had lost everything. And I was 
navigating a world in which I didn't recognize. I had no map for, and I certainly hadn't asked for. And I felt like I was living in a parallel universe, wading through treacle. And it was one of these sort of almost out-of-body experiences. I can't describe it in any other way. And, you know, you get people saying to you, oh, well, you can do this and you can do that. And you're just going, you know, but that's not going to help me. That's not going to effectively save my life. So, you know, I was determined many, many moons ago, and I am talking back into my early teens, and this is why I talk about really understanding uncertainty and navigating those, you know, not just the odd curveball and the odd lemon, I mean the entire orchard of lemons. Mm -hmm. Um, And because at age 13, I had a water skiing accident, and I ultimately lost my mobility. But back then, I hadn't got the skills to know what was going on this emotional overwhelm that I felt Mm. so the only thing I knew how to control when the consultants couldn't see the problem and I wasn't in school and this was before the internet and mobile phones and all that so I was socially isolated and I had an overly protective mother so the only thing I could control was something Mm. external to me and that was food so I just stopped eating Mm. no surprises but you know, a couple of years later, I am in full throes of a severe eating disorder. I did have bilateral hip and back surgery, but that problem, <laughs> which I had resolved, had made way for an unhelpful coping strategy. And the reason I mention it because it now is because it took me a very long time to get over that. I very nearly, you know, through what I was doing to myself. Um, because I got so caught up in it, very nearly died and was told I would never make 30 if I carried on that path. But having overcome that, when my world imploded nine years ago, I was determined that I was never going to go back to that space that I'd overcome. But equally, I wasn't going to go back to a place where I was going to push harder, do more, because that really is just an unhelpful coping strategy as well. So tiring of all the platitudes, (laughs) I flew myself off 5,000 miles away, you know, and sat on the proverbial beautiful beach in the middle of the Caribbean Ocean or Caribbean Sea. And um, there on the beautiful island of Aruba, which is ironically called the happy island by its locals, I then began to put pieces together of my life using only two things I had left, which was my ability to business plan and myself because none of us are not nothing. We are all someone and that is a very good place to start. And so Project Me was born on a beach eight years ago, actually, because it was a good six months after you know the world had imploded. So Project Me was born eight years ago on a beach um, in the middle of uh, the Caribbean. <laughs> Aruba and that became my you know path to where I am now and my it drew from what I call my brand me so my brand me is who am I what matters the most to me and what did I want to feel and what I wanted to feel was alive 
So everything around my life today is all in pursuit of that. So my life, as I say, doesn't look anything like um, what it did nine years ago. Nine years ago, I was corporate uh, leading business change and transformation. So you get get the link here. It's just just not business transformation. It's now life transformation. Um, and so you know, I've moved. You know, I'm based in the UK, so I've moved 90 miles around the, the M25, which is a long way in the UK, um, to a town I didn't know. Um, bought a house and renovated that house into a home. I've retrained, requalified, and set up a business in which I now now work. So, like I said, my life is completely different on account of Project Me and really coming to grips with Brand Me. Um, it is distinctly more fulfilling. It is distinctly more purposeful, and it is distinctly less stressful <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I'm alive with myself. Yeah, I, I can, I can totally, uh, Laura, relate to what you're saying. And um, uh, Michelle, who was uh, one of my guests uh, two weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, we were discussing the same thing that as as human beings, we all have like a, a point in time where there's something that happened that profoundly changed our uh, perspective and trajectory of life, profoundly woke us up and and said, "You're not, you're not, you're not going to the right place. You're not going to where yeah. you want." So uh, um, I, I really am am really inspired by your story because, uh, um, as I always say to everyone. Um, God, God always puts, you know, puts us in, in, in certain uh, tests. Yes. So he test, tested you in a very, very harsh test, and definitely, <laughs> I was. I've been tested, though. <laughs> if, I, if I were in your shoes, uh, I, I would, I would have uh, uh, gone crazy. I mean, uh, it, it takes, it takes a, a certain person to overcome all what you had. It's, it's not an easy thing. I mean, yes, death is there, and yes, yeah. the, the ability of to lose a job is there, and the ability of, of being stressed and burnt out is there. But to have it yeah. all uh, uh, sequentially happening happening to you, that that is, I mean, that's a killer. So I really, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, give you all my respect for Thank what you. Have, have done. I'm I myself. My journey is a little bit less heart aching, but it's still. A journey. Um, I, I, I was working in a big company in Egypt, mobile company. Left it. That was in early 2020. Left it. Uh, joined a small company. And guess who came uh, uh, came to the scene? The, the pandemic. So yeah. uh, I'm a victim of the pandemic, um, but I wouldn't say a victim because I think uh, the pandemic for me was. Uh, Uh, a, a sign from the universe that, yeah. that you need to change. Uh, I'm going to put you on a very difficult path uh, and you need to become something different. Uh, yeah. I never imagined yeah. myself to become a podcast. It wasn't my dream. But I, 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 let, <laughs> I let myself take take it slowly. Uh, it started out as you know a hobby like everything else in the world. Yeah, of course. And, Something you're um, passionate about. Yeah, I, I was passionate about, you know, mental health because 
that that is what I I, I felt during the few years I, I was in the mobile company. Mm-hmm. That was is what I felt because I was out of a job uh, during a very difficult time where there were no jobs and people were going crazy, literally. Yeah. It was a, a, a very uh, unique setting that people didn't understand um, where they where they're going to go. Are they going to go back to work? Is it remote? Is it a hybrid model? Is so people didn't 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 understand. And of course, is of course the relationship between spouses. You know, increase. There was a lot of tension because you know I'm working, you're working. Uh, yeah. yeah. And at the end, we have the kids in, in, at home and. It's a, it's a really big, you know, mix-up. But for me, the pandemic, uh, it might have been something bad for the whole world. But for me, it's a, yeah. it's a great teacher. For me, it's a great teacher. I don't think God, oh, would have, if he wanted to send a teacher from he- from the heavens, he wouldn't have sent something as powerful as this. Yeah. This is, this is where I put myself. I, 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 I've been on this journey. Uh I've been very resilient, very patient, you know, uh, transforming myself from a person who, who who's a victim, who mm-hmm. that the world <laughs> is against him. <laughs> and yeah. I think I think you are, you also would have felt the same thing, maybe even worse. You're a victim. Why? Why God did you did, did this happen to me all in one go? I mean, and it's well, natural. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a natural uh, reaction from from, from us, but. Uh, Today, I, I find, uh, I try and, and, and guide people to live mindfully and live uh, at the, in the present moment where uh, they are. So I wanted to ask you one, mm. one question. So part of what you're saying on LinkedIn is that from pain, pain to passion. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean by from pain to passion? I'm just intrigued. So, I mean, I, I think the thing is, it's, it's, the, it's the classic of, you know, <laughs> pain can be a teacher. <clears throat> it just depends how you choose to look at it. So, <clears throat> pain is a feeling, ultimately. Um, and through what we notice, what we feel, you know, I don't talk about emotions being right or wrong. They are merely signals. And they're telling us something that is either that we're really aligned with, that we find joy from, or in my case, that I feel alive on the count of, or something that we're noticing. But it's in observing and acknowledging those things that we can uncover our passion. So let me give you an example. So out of... <laughs> The, the journey that was with my husband. When I, um, after he died, I was very angry. And and just, just for the sake of, you know, your listeners, I don't buy into the five stages of grief. Grief is chaotic. You will feel things totally out of sequence. But anger is one of many things that you feel. But I did feel very angry. But the anger wasn't um, necessarily at him, per se. It was his lack of communication towards the end with me about certain things where he had buried his head in the sand. And what that signal was telling me was that actually 
for me, open and honest dialogue is very, very important. Connecting with people authentically and on a level is very important to me. So what that enables me to do is then go, okay, so right, now I've turned this pain into something I actually want to connect with, the passion. So what are then are the things that I can do? You know, I'm sitting here with you because I am passionate about talking with others and being curious into another's world um, because that's how I learn. That's what brings me alive. So I've turned my pain into my passion. And then what might stop me doing those things? So I now go into sort of like the third part of the work I do, which is how, how do you ensure that you truly attain it? Because we can act so far, but to attain that and to truly flourish, we have to understand what might stop us. Um, so I unfortunately still have challenges on account of the health issues I had um, nine years ago. So I have to be really mindful that, you know, the support I give myself is that I proactively pace myself with how much I commit to in any one day so that when I do show up, I am showing up in the best way that I can for them, but also for myself. Because if I didn't, that then feeds back into my pain. Does that, does that make sense? So it's like kind of, that's how the pain to passion thing works. It is literally those three A's, yeah. you know, acknowledging, yeah. acting, attaining. And what I call six baseline questions, which is, where are you now? How am I feeling? What am I feeling stroke noticing, depending what your primary you know, indicator of the, the emotion is? I feel others notice, um, but that's just that's just me. Um, and then what is it that you want to feel? Invariably, it's, a, it's the complete opposite to the feeling you're actually feeling. Um, you know, what can you do that will enable you to take one step towards that? So that's your action. So you've now got clarity and focus. You've got the motivation because it matters to you and it's within your control. And then the attainment is, well, what might stop me? What, you know, what support can I seek? Because it isn't getting started that's the problem. It is maintaining our momentum that is the challenge. Um, okay. It's why New Year's resolutions never last beyond two weeks into January. Is because we don't have last, don't last beyond two hours. So. Uh, yeah, for most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah gonna, uh, uh, so hopefully that helps. You know, yeah, it, 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 fashion, it, it helps. Uh, uh, but but it must be uh, definitely your, your clients. Uh, if you have someone who ha- who is going through the through the same you know, agony or journey, I don't want to. Yeah, uh, sound too melodramatic, but you know the journey that you have. Um, definitely have a different perspective. You're more empathetic because I I, I think uh, a lot of people would say it's okay, don't worry. You know, uh, life is uh, short. Uh, you you'll get over it. No, I I don't think that the people have that kind of perspective like you do from no. losing a spouse to losing your, your health, losing your job. So if someone came to you with that kind of, I mean, I don't know if, if that happened, with that kind of issue, what, what's the first thing would you tell them mm-hmm. or to do? What, what in the sense that they believe that they can get over it? Yeah. And what, 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 what would you tell them or guide them to do to, you know, 
accept what happened and move. move. So I don't use, I specifically don't use the word accept. Okay. So that, that's probably one thing. So I very specifically use the word acknowledge because I don't accept that my husband died young. I do acknowledge that he is dead and he's not coming back. Mm. So that is, that is a, a fundamental part of the process that I go with. Okay. And so I, I really spend time. We don't, I think the difference between, although I do and I'm trained in various counseling and you know therapies um, as well as coaching, the difference between standalone counselling is there's lots of talking and no action. Because my view is that talking gets you so far, but it will not get you really moving forward and taking differences. Because especially when it comes to grief or when it comes to life-changing events, you know, they say, oh, you'll get through it and time heals and all of these platitudes are not very helpful. What does happen, however, is that you, and it's a phrase that's often used, you grow around the event. Now, the only way you can grow around the event that's happened that you cannot change. So, you know, I had a water skiing accident. I couldn't change that. I grew around it by creating more things. Now, the only way that you can grow around it is by taking action. But you can't take focused action that is meaningful to you unless you have acknowledged where you're at. So often when a client comes to me, so I'm thinking of one in particular that I've worked with recently, and she was very much in this position that... It was a behaviour that she was noticed. She was avoiding somebody. But actually, when we peeled back the layers to it, she kind of realised that it was... She thought perhaps it was related to her brother's unexpected and premature death, um, but hadn't really kind of pinpointed it at all. So what we did was we went back to, OK, let's just ground where we are at now. You know, and literally (laughs) almost just talk at me because I think that's the point is so often we we carry on being busy that we don't take a pause long enough just to go. (laughs) (laughs) One of a better way of describing it, but it's that process Mm. where, you know, in a world where there's so many rules and regulations about how we need to be so eloquent, how we need to communicate, etc., Having a space where we we don't have to, you know, it might just come out as words that don't really string together as a sentence. And with this client, when I first started working with her, it was very much she was all over the place because she couldn't make sense of what was going on in her head. But by being able to effectively just download to me, yeah. and we were able to tease out what was really going on for her that allowed her to take the necessary steps to grow around the situation that had happened that meant this avoidance behaviour that she'd been experiencing, she no longer was avoiding because it was more, the avoidance was more, she just couldn't deal with any more overwhelm in her head because she hadn't dealt with the problem about 
her brother's unexpected and premature death. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have, you know, an interesting question that just, you know, came when you were talking. Does does the person is it is it different for a person with a growth mindset uh, as opposed to a fixed mindset when they deal with grief? Because I think the guy with the uh, the guy or the lady with the growth mindset is going to deal with grief she or he will be able to, you know, overcome and uh, push on, resist, and uh, and deal with life as 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 it yeah. um, I don't know. It's a really interesting question. Yeah. And because you know, I'm I'm very interested. You know, the the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. I, yeah. I, I I love the book. I read it. Really yeah. interested in the fixed growth uh, mindset and. Yeah, I know that, you know, human beings have both kind of mindsets, but usually, you know, you're more growth than fixed, or you're more fixed than growth yeah. in certain aspects, but I, I'm, I'm just curious in, in terms of... And it's really interesting, Mo, because I think... And the reason I'm hesitating is because I think when you're thrown into a world as I was, I mean, and it's hard because I would say that I probably do have a growth mindset by virtue of all of the stuff that's happened, you know, from a very, very early age. But I do think there's an element of, you know, when you're thrown into a world where, as I I said earlier on, you've got no map, you don't recognize the terrain and you haven't asked for it and your life up until that point had been going swimmingly well um you know there was absolutely nothing wrong with it I I this part of me that says actually you are suddenly thrown into a world where you feel very very restricted um and almost to the point of claustrophobia um, is the way I would describe it. And so I don't, how much of that comes down to whether you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset as to whether you can step out? It's a really interesting question because I would say that actually it's more about ultimately there becomes a tipping point where the pain of sitting in what I often describe as the teacup of salty water (laughs) because that's what it is um and you're on the high seas as well in your teacup um thinking holy how do I get where do I get to doesn't matter how much of a positive mindset you you have because this is a terrain you don't know you haven't got a map and this is a landscape you haven't asked for. So, you know, it's not a, it doesn't matter how much of a positive me mindset you might have, because that's the terrain that, you know, you're suddenly finding yourself in. So I, I think if anything, I would say for me, it's, You know, I often, in NLP, they'll talk about things whether you see in time or through time. I'm very much through time. So I will see, you know, my my past is to the left and my future is to the right, not my past is behind me and my future is in front of me, um, which is the difference between the two types of seeing time. And 
the thing is, is when everything is taken away from you, you have to see in the moment in time. So the biggest struggle when you're like me, who predominantly sees through time, is that's where the overwhelm just goes into literal overdrive. And therefore almost having a positive mindset in that space. Because you think, I know I need to do all of this. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know, you know, in, in a, uh, what's the word I want? Um, you know, in a... Perfect world. Yeah, in a perfect world with everything happening. Yeah, I know what I need to do. Yeah. But, you know, I there was so much I had to do that I had never done before. Um, it wasn't a case of just going, I know I can do it, because you, you're also dealing with all of the emotional overwhelm, which, trust me, I until you've actually experienced it, it is the hardest thing to describe. Um, other than feeling like you're in an overloaded washing machine, you can't, you know, think top loader, American style, heaven forbid people are trying to put more washing into it it's spinning out of control and you're like where's the off button and you're about to like go off onto another planet um and you know it's and you don't know where how to turn it off you need somebody else to ground that 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 has to come from somebody else and i so i i'm i'm very hesitant about whether a fixed mindset or positive mindset would have made it's it's, it's it's a, diff, a difficult question. I agree because I I myself I I, I don't know the, the the answer because at that point of time when that happens if there's grief, uh, human beings react differently uh, to the grief. I mean, uh, some some cry, some don't cry, and you know just full of shock. Uh, so so it's, it's I I don't think it will, I, for me I don't think going to really matter at that point of time but no. I think going on like what's next what, what okay so i i was throwing this curveball and all right it, it hit me all right so so what's next am i going to wait for the next curveball to hit me or am i going to take you know uh, control of my life and my responsibility because why I ask you this question is, for me, uh, of course, I, I didn't go to the, the grief uh, area, except mm-hmm. of course that my my grand grandmother, who I who I cherish and loved, you know, mm-hmm. passed away when she was like ninety two, uh, in the midst of the, the pandemic, and, and I wasn't able to you know stay with her mm-hmm. for a long time, and she had you know hip surgery, and at that age doing hip surgery is quite, mm. quite a thing. Um, but when she passed away, she was so, she, she she passed away at home and she was so peaceful. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't crying. I was sad, but I didn't cry. I, I didn't see my my uncle was very uh, very emotional. My mom not emotional. She, yeah. she was grief grieving, but no, I felt that she was very. I didn't want to say that because yeah, because it's not the, the appropriate time. But I, I didn't feel she was able to handle it correctly. I don't know. And yeah. and, and, and and for me to say that to my mom would be 
you know, you know, quite uh, inappropriate <laughs> at that time. But uh, that that is why I was asking you this question because maybe my grandma is is, 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 is you know expected I to say expected. I think it's still a shock when it happens. I think it's 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 the connections you have with that individual and the attachments. It's the change of identity that goes on that I don't think anybody realizes that you know the loss of somebody in your life. You can't you know it's it's the famous Heraclitus quote that is you're not the same man. It's not the same ri- river. Quote. Um, and you know, there therein lies the thing is you can't go back to yesterday because yesterday doesn't exist anymore. And we have to recognize that we change and we evolve as people. Exactly. And so that's that's where I can see if you were fixed in your mindset, that would prevent you from taking a step forward. Um, because if you're not prepared, even if you don't know how, for all the reasons I've described before. That's how you can end up remaining stuck in that in that darkness, I guess, ultimately, because it, do, it doesn't get any better because you're not acting upon anything to bring light into that dark space. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, you know, for me, it was very much a push of I can't live like this for the rest of my days. I have no idea what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> back eight years ago um and that's obviously what project me came into or how it came into being it's the same it's it's the same um self-talk that that i had maybe maybe not as uh as agonizing journey as yours but same same self-talk now i'm not a job what can i do am i am am i going to use the same cv that i've been using for the past yeah. Uh, 20 years the same thing yeah. or this is what, what what I was talking about or should I learn something new something yeah. totally new maybe it will you know add something so when I started the journey I started on myself and then I, I went to coaching area and mm-hmm. I was taught by Indians um, how to become mindful never mm-hmm. I never understood the concept but yeah. To, to 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 you know deal with your emotions. I mean, I was taught a, a very a very lovely meditation of how to deal your with your emotions, like mm-hmm. uh, like the, the the animation which is um, called uh, the one with the, the feelings. If you can remember, yeah. it came out a few years ago. It's the same thing. So you're sitting in like in the forest. Uh, meditating under a very beautiful tree and mm-hmm. you know your emotions start to come as persons as yeah. people so we start usually with the worst kind of emotion uh, my my mentor usually starts with disgust and anger and then sadness and then yeah. uh, fear and and until we go, come to happiness uh, contentment peaceful bliss whatever any other emotion yeah. are positive and we deal with them uh, as such, because today people don't know how to deal with emotions, regardless if they're in grief or not. They don't know how to deal with yep. And no, they, they think that anger is a bad emotion. Mm-hmm. And now, if I, if I, if someone asks me, I would say no. Anger is a good, it's, it's a bad emotion, but it's there for a certain reason. It's not there. Yeah, it's, a it's, it's a signal. Uh, sadness is a, is a signal. 
fear is a signal. So, you know, yeah. uh, uh, so this is why, why I was asking you this question. Because for me, if I was in a growth mindset and I was in that journey, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have changed at all. Yeah. No matter who is going to coach me, who's going to tell me what books to read, what I will not, you know, go away out of my comfort zone and I will be as stubborn as a mule and I will continue on the path that I think is correct. So this is why. Yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting one. I think, I think that still would become for most people, even with a relatively fixed mindset, yeah. where the pain would become intolerable and they would have to do something. Now, they might not take advice from other people I, I would agree with that bit. But I do think in the main, people are, they don't like pain. Um, they will do something to get themselves out of pain. It's just the depth of pain that one has to experience before they take action is probably what's different between yeah. you know, yeah. the two. Yeah, and and the like, pain could be not, not just physical. For my case, it was extreme depression. Yeah. Even though I was meditating, I was doing all the techniques uh, that I advocate as a mental health advocate. But uh, I started to seek therapy. And I I told my therapist, I told her, I'm doing everything that I'm telling the people to do. But I'm, uh, there are good days, there are bad days. I feel angry. I feel, um, you know, uh, feeling that nothing's going to change. All those feelings I, 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 mm. were, were there. And there were days that I was up, days were that were, I was down. And I always mm-hmm. say this to anyone who explains uh, that I meet, because they would always think, you know, Laura, they have a misconception of us, us individuals, that we're yeah, yeah. always happy, that we're always optimistic. <laughs> but they don't no, know no. That, that being optimistic is, is, is a result of going through difficult times. Yeah, totally. What's what worse can happen to you, for example? What worse can happen? I, and and that's what for me it's like people say to me, "Oh, you're not don't want to step out of your comfort zone." And I I would say it drives, drives me a little bit nuts <laughs> because I'm sort of sitting there going, "I have been flung so far out of my comfort zone. Exactly. I actually don't even know where it is anymore." Do you know what I mean? It's like where is it? You know, almost I, actually get me back there because actually it'd be nice to know where that nice little comfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, but you are absolutely right. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I always tell people, Sorry. Yeah, I always tell people um, today, if you want to become some, something different in the world, you have yeah. to leave your comfort zone. You don't need, yeah. you don't need um, to go through a, a difficult journey and an no. agony of losing your loved one or losing your health. You don't have to do that. You can, that is preferable. It's perfect, of course, of course. But you know, human beings by nature, uh, uh, by nature, are uh, they have a difficult, difficulty in changing. They, they don't. Yeah. They're very resisting. They resist so much to any kind of change, even yeah. for themselves. So if I, I say that to a person today working in a corporate life. Today I don't work in a corporate life. Thank God. I mean, for me, it's, yeah. it's oh. a godsend. But if I say that to a, a, a person in the corporate life, he'll tell me, so what do you want me to do? If I leave the company, what do you want me to do? I always tell him, think. Think what you can do. You don't have to leave the company today. 
No. And I think that's where, for me, that's where the work I do with Project Me doesn't make bridging that gap between where they are to where they want to be so huge. Because what we do is we kind of work on, you know, well, we start where we are, but then we work on what that looks like. But then we're just bridging the gap with small steps through, you know, as I say, these three A's. And we're just getting slower and slower. And we're making it so that it's not a giant leap, that it is, you know, something that feels, oh, actually, I can do this. Um, you know, it's it's far more structured because actually, what one one thing you do learn when you lose everything is actually how structured life is, um, yeah. and that you know even if we don't realise it, getting up to go to work at eight o'clock or to take the kids to school. Um, I don't have kids, so you know I didn't even have that as my frame of reference. Um, but you, you get what I'm saying is that of all of these things, you know, they're done to a time. Yeah. So if you were to sort of take a step back, there is a structure, there's a timetable in our day. Yeah. And all that's doing is keeping us safe. So effectively, Project Me is like a framework that I use with clients to keep them safe whilst they are making these changes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did Project Me for myself, but without me re- realizing after what you yeah, exactly. think. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I started... Um, during the pandemic, I started to read more. I started to sleep uh, better. I started to wake up earlier. Uh, I started to exercise, try to, to do a diet and uh, stayed on it. Uh, I quit smoking. Uh, you know, I, I didn't smoke cigarettes. I used to smoke, you know, uh, yeah. parts, uh, ones in, in, in Egypt. You know, the, the yeah, yeah, ones. I know what you mean. <laughs> and and they're, they're very, and they're terrible. And they're uh, way more harmful than cigarettes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Touch wood. This is my fourth year stopping. Uh, wow. Yeah, Incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, so, you know, I did the Project Me thing with a structure exactly. that, that I started to, to, to do. And until today, I, I have that structure. My wife, at that time, I told her, if I don't do that, yeah. I will definitely drive myself crazy, drive you crazier, and uh, go into a state of uh, ultimate depression that I know I won't be able to come out. So, that yeah. that is one way of how uh, uh, I wanted to go. So, actually, you answered the question because I wanted to know. You no, know, you you talk about trans uh, transition transit transition of uh, of one's life, but no one knows how to trans uh, do that. I mean, unless of course you're thrown into the and you do that, but. I think we do deep down. I think we we do actually know how to do the transitions. I think the world tells us that we have. We all want to fit in and we want to belong. Bottom line, and the world tells us that it has to look, feel, be a certain way. Our education system sets us up with that little narrative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, as you said, a doctor, you have to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, and, and success. Yeah. You know, if you follow the teacher and these sequential yeah. steps, you know, yeah. life will get on success, etc. Of course, we know that that's not real life. Yeah. Um, and and that's why so many people, you know, fall by the wayside because they're kind of looking at that as the version of success. Exactly. Whereas, in actual fact. The version of success is within us, mm. 
Mm. And at the point at which we identify what success means to us, I really being aligned with, as I say, what I call brand me, mm. that's at the point at which, oh my goodness, it's so much easier. Like we're not pushing water uphill with a rake. Yeah. You know, amazingly, we're working with ourselves. And gosh, what a surprise. Things happen and we feel happy. We don't feel stressed. I mean, you know, go figure. Uh, you know, because we're working what, with what is innately within us. Exactly. Um, and we're belonging in our own skin, ultimately. Yeah, exactly. Not belonging in somebody else's skin where all that we're going to do is create more disconnection for ourselves and make us more unhappy. But you make a really good point, though, though, about... You know, the fact that you could have very easily be drawn into a deep depression if you hadn't have taken those actions. Yeah. I think that's the thing. You know, it, it's back to my point about there's things in life that we can't change. You talked about, you know, obviously that you know, the demise of your your job. Um, that's something you couldn't change, but you could change where you focused so that you didn't get drawn into that depression. And I suppose that's the thing for me and I you know and I go back to the days when I was you know I, I had to be um spend seven months in the um eating dis- acute eating disorder unit at a London hospital in order to get over it because I made myself so ill and I never ever ever understood why every single day we would have to write in the most minute detail exactly when we'd eaten what we'd eaten and I I mean, I just said, okay, I could have told you there were calories in water back then. And and literally had I had a sip at two minutes past six in the morning, because that's the obsession that you get to feel in control of something when you have an eating disorder. It wasn't about being thin. It was about being in control of a world I wasn't in control of. So I chose something external rather than control myself. yeah, so yeah. that's and therein lies the problem you know it's the classic phrase of what you focus on grows so if you focus on the fact that you know what you've eaten and what you've not eaten what a surprise that gets bigger so no surprises it took me about four months to say no I'm not feeling this thing anymore because I'm actually <laughs> feeling worse with it um I needed the freedom of what ultimately I call self-expression beyond words which is things like photography, dance, music, things where it's still very emotional and you can choose that, you know, as it resonates with you. But I couldn't put into words what I was actually feeling. I knew I was feeling some things, but I didn't know how to do it. And I certainly didn't want to make any bigger my food and that whole thing. Because I was getting, as, as you rightly point out, you could have, been drawn back into the depression I was being drawn back into the very thing I was trying to to break free of and it becomes like a tipping point so like a set of scales is once you've done enough small steps in 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 the the sunshine space shall we call it (laughs) it kind of lifts up and you have this whole changing dynamic and that that's where the momentum gets faster but to your point earlier on it's it is about pacing yourself, especially in the early days, because if you go too, you know, too fast, you'll undermine all of that. And, you know, I talk about seven P's of proactive choice 
and pace is number one. <laughs> because if you don't, but the whole thing is, you know, in a busy world, yeah, we're too yeah. busy for having, you know, the next thing. I mean, I spent half my life trying to catch up with everybody else. I mean, in a month of Sundays, I was never, I mean, what was I trying to do to myself? I was never going to catch up with anybody else because I'd not been in school for two years. Yeah. I, you know, I had a totally different experience to anybody else amidst my peers between the ages of 13 15 so how how was I possibly going to catch up um and that's where getting back to what was my pace how was I going to be patient persistent how was I going to create my play my pause how was I going to find my purpose that was right for me but those are as I say you know um the seven p's of proactive choice but they are a choice. Okay. So, so I would uh, ask you the next question, but I think you, you answered because I wanted to, to know from you the five five top tips of how to navigate uncertainty in your life. So you would say the seven P's are your five tips or seven tips, of course. So if when I put the five five tips, mm-hmm. I'd say is three A's and six baseline questions. So the three A's are acknowledge, where are you, what are you feeling and noticing are the two baseline questions, act, what do I want to feel and what action can I take that is within my control and attain, which is then what might stop me and what support can I seek. And that's so it's not strictly five tips. That's okay. Um, but but it's three A's and six baseline questions, which I think is fairly easy to remember. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> so I always like to ask this question to my guests. What is one word or one sentence that describes Dora? One word that describes me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I have I have the sentence for me. Not knowing you that long, but I can tell you what I think. Okay. Go on, tell tell me no tell me no what word word you what do you think of? I I, I think of uh, love of life. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I the word I was going to say was alive. And I think because some people say you don't take life very seriously Laura um and I actually take life incredibly seriously people matter to me massively but I equally know how painful you know we we haven't even touched the surface of the the pain through my life it's not relevant because in my mind it's what what we do and how we shape the world as a consequence of of that and for me that is what I am so passionate about is I do see a world which is different where we can seek to understand where we can allow others for their voices to be heard with kindness with compassion that is without judgment, without criticism, without their fear of being rejected, so that they know that they can turn up in the world and connect with a world in which they wish to belong in. 
And, and that is absolutely, you know, at the very essence of who I am. And so for me, that it's not, you know, my, my sense of wanting to be alive and to love what is presented to me and take advantage of everything, absolutely. But underneath it all, it's for a desire of, you know, connectivity, I guess. Yeah. So my final question to you, what's your mm -hmm. dream? What's, what's what, sorry? Your dream. What is your dream? What's my dream? Um, I think for me is that Project Me really comes to life. Yeah. And by that, I mean that people recognize, well, people have their own Project Me's, but recognizing that they have it. Because as you rightly pointed out, you, you've been on your own Project Me. Yeah. Project Me is all, it's about the self. Um, but how much more enjoyable life is as a consequence of Project Me. And so for me, that is what bringing it to life is. And obviously I want to travel too, yeah. sharing that message. I, I like a good travel. Of course. Of course. Uh, Laura, thank you for, for being with us on, on the show. I mean, My pleasure. It's, it's such an amazing story you sh shared with us. Uh, and uh, I, I really hope that uh, the future is bright and, and, and good for you. And Thank you. I hope that uh, we, can, uh, we can come in to Egypt and visit the pyramids and, 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 and the Sphinx and Luxor and Aswan. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, see, I, I'm trying to market my own country on my, <laughs> on my podcast. I, I have been to Egypt. In fact, actually, I have. I crossed the Sinai Peninsula before they closed it to um, to Western tourists, actually. Um, so, so I have I have been several times. I've been on business as well as pleasure. But I'm always up for coming to Egypt anytime, particularly when it's raining in the UK. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. Thank you, thank you very much for thank you with us. It's it's such an amazing uh, episode. I really really enjoyed uh, your talk and taught me a lot of things uh, I, I didn't uh, I didn't know about and uh, uh, I, I hope we can uh, collaborate in the future uh, be, uh, I'm sure awesome. it will be awesome thank you Laura no my absolute pleasure thank you thank you everyone for listening to today's episode hope, hopefully you enjoyed our, our uh, talk until next week uh, God bless you and be safe